Happy holidays. Happy holidays. While the merry bells keep ringing, happy holidays to you. I'm Jet Dunlap for Psychotherapy for the last time of season two. Wishing you a happy holidays. That's right, folks. It's been a tough year, but you've been tougher because you made it. I know that because you can hear my blurs right now. There were times this year where you crept out of bed, worried about the election, worried about your health, worried about your family, worried about your relationship, dreaded talking to someone about the president. And you said, God, just make this day go away. But you lived and you made it and you kept going. And that's how you know you're strong. I also know that almost all the people hearing this right now know, and if they haven't thought about it, they should know, that you have become tougher. You've been forced to become tougher, but a lot of times that's how that happens. I guarantee you that you right now, just by the fact that you're listening to this, are a stronger person than you were January of this year, 2020. Can you say that about every other year? Look at you. You're battle-hardened. You have callus where you didn't before. You have muscles you haven't seen before because you were forced to be tough and you rose to the occasion. You know how I know that since you asked. You're here. It may have been tough. You may have not always been strong, but you made it. And for that, you kick ass and you are my hero. Did you ever know? No, I'm not going to do that to you. Don't worry. No middler. That's my rule. One of them. When you come to the end of a marathon, about three or four miles prior to that 26.2 finish line, you have a fever and you feel like you want to die. You look at the ground and you think, I'd rather just lay down and sleep. This is about mile 19 through about 24. And then, I think I can, I think I can. I can, I think I can, I think I can. Something stirs in you when you pass mile 24. And today's December 24th. So you're passing that. You've passed it if you're hearing it right now. You see that you're gonna make it. And there's been about a thousand times in that marathon where you were sure you would have written down on paper, you would have signed your death warrant, you would have said, no, there's no way I won't make it, I can't do it, I can't. I don't have it, but you do, and you did, and you will, and right now you see the finish line. And there's magic in that. You should be proud of yourself. This has been a tough one. I'm proud of you even if you're not proud of yourself, so use my pride as energy. Before I go on, because clearly I'm out of blurds, Before I introduce episode 116 of Psychotherapy, I need to thank you. So I will. Thank you. You've been a great audience. You've done more for me than I can do for you. That sounds like nonsense. However, I appreciate everything you've done. And I appreciate who you are. And as long as you have ears to hear it, I've got words to tell it. Episode 116 of Psychotherapy is going to start right now. 
Ground control to Major Tom. Is Major a big rank? A uh, prominent position? I thought it wasn't that uh, big. I wonder if Major Tom is uh, concerned. No, wait, Major Tom. Wait, ground control to Major Tom. Oh, yeah, yeah. Major Tom is the guy in the in the spaceship, right? I don't even know. When I was a kid, I thought all those things were about uh, space. I thought um, Elton John's song Rocket Man was about space. And then one day, you know, either my uncle or some other adult said, you idiot, that's about heroin. And then they're like, you know that other song about submarines? That's about heroin. You know that song about heroin? That one's about love. It was really just uh, <laughs> removing the illusion of these very innocent songs that came from my childhood that were all about heroin. James Taylor, too. It's like Jackson Brown, all these guys. You're like, oh, it's a really sweet song. Uh, Baby James. It was about a, a kid who used to uh, do heroin. Anyway, I am Jet Dunlap, and this is Psychotherapy, and it's an episode. I've been up against it, whatever it is. Because these episodes are flowing like molasses. But molasses flows, so that's not even a good example. They're flowing like a brick that's uh, mortared in. That's what it's flowing like. Right now, as we speak, or as I speak, you're not speaking, I'm the one speaking, there are 30 to 35 mile per hour winds outside of my domicile, my cove on wheels, my hallway with windows, or my RV if you're nasty. It shakes a little, so I had to put some extra supports on the back of the vehicle. Gina is in my what will be new office, and she is using power tools, many power tools. What did I do today? Well, my wife went to the hardware store and did construction. I stayed in the house like a wee little coward, and I wrote my words on a page. Writing. Screenplays. And whatnot. The screenplay I'm working on right now is the, uh, it's the big one, guys. Not the one I've been writing for the last year and a half. This is the one I picked up in August. If you remember from the episodes where I talked about fulfilling the purpose, then there was another walk and talk one I did in the mountains where I referred to this movie. You'll have to go back to the archives to figure out which episode this is that tells you what the movie is about. I think I let it slip. I won't do that again. But this is the award, darling. This is for your consideration. And it's definitely going to be a movie. This will not be an episodic thing. I had to write one of the toughest scenes of the screenplay. And let me tell you why. There's actually probably a lesson in there. I've been avoiding this screenplay for a while. That is innocent because I've also been completely overwhelmed by the, let's call it sci-fi screenplay that I've been working on the last year and a half. Because that's one I submitted to my teacher, Ron. He read chapter one of that that goes from one to 58. That's the pages. <laughs> what else would it be? Dollars? He loved it. He was like, damn, I want to find out what's going on. So I have to write chapter two and three. And that'll pretty much bring the whole story together in a limited series. But it's good. 
The one I'm talking about now is this emotional coming to terms with the life you have, not the life you wanted. It's about struggle. It's about non-theatrical redemption process. And what I mean by that is in movies, there's that beautiful reward that comes after the struggle, right? And good deeds, even if they're punished at the beginning, they are all rewarded in the end. This doesn't happen in this. It's still going to be a good movie and you're still going to feel good when you walk out, but it uh, has a, well, it's a little bit like this show. So I, I think it's unique and I like it, but I've been avoiding this. And this is the point of the story because there's this part in the story where I have to get my character to the next scene. So I've got him in the beginning. I'm about 35 pages in, and then I need to get to page 50. But there's this minutia, just, you know, basically like the traveling scene that's meaningless. And I can't write that. <laughs> it's uh, the it's just that action sequence with some scenery and stuff, and it's just boring me so much. So I've kept it aside for a while. Again, not that I'm not writing, I am. And I'm not saying that just to convince you I'm not lazy. You know I'm not lazy. But I'm saying that just because I want you to know that this is actually something I attack on a regular basis. It's just this screenplay. But what I did was, I figured out, well, Jet, that's a good problem to have. You have trouble with the simple filler stuff. Why don't you just go and hit this insane scene that's about 10 pages? But the interesting thing, and the way I think it relates to this episode that has no theme whatsoever, if I tried that again, I'd just lose my mind, but is that I was avoiding something easy, but I could do the hard thing. Isn't that weird? Like, the hard part wasn't hard for me. The easy part was hard for me. Remember when I told you last year in September? Of course you do. (laughs) This is all you do. You sit around your house listening to my episodes. (laughs) Your entire memory is based on jet stories. I had not done stand-up, and I had toyed with the idea. I had ignored the idea. People had told me I should do it. Blah, 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 blah. This is one of those things where I even had elegant reasons why not to. We all have this. Someone will say, you should be a such and such. And you go, oh, well, blah, 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 blah. And that story is so rehearsed, it's like an old wallet. Yeah, I don't have to explain that analogy, right? You got it. And (laughs) it fits on the contours of your butt. Is that what you're saying, Jet? Well, men, yeah, women don't use wallets. Down the rabbit hole you go. Okay. It's one of those ones I had a worn out story for because people had said it for so long and I always put it off. And the reasons were, oh, you know, I don't like to do stand-up because I want to be original. I like improv comedy. I like to be spontaneous. If I did comedy like that, I would bring too much joy to the world. Stupid, moronic excuses that kept me from doing something that was so crucial in my life. But here's the point. Easy things and hard things. Many people would tell you that the hard part would be doing the stand-up. Imagine it. You go in front of a room regularly when you were a kid. In a regular situation, you have to get up and do an oral presentation. There's this weird thing that I'm sure (laughs) the internet has debunked that people feared public speaking more than dying. Now, I think that's just people who do a lot of public speaking want to seem really important. And because they do public speaking, they get to cram these ideas down your throat because it doesn't make sense to me that uh, that's true. However, that is what they said. 
people fear public speaking more than they fear dying. I also think that's a very healthy person. I don't think someone who's actually dying would be like, oh my God, at least this isn't public speaking. <laughs> the doctor says, uh, Duckworth, that's his name, Mr. Duckworth. Mr. Duckworth, you have four weeks to live. And Sir Duckworth, who just recently got knighted, says, quack, quack, quack. No, he says, well, at least I don't have to publicly speak. I don't think that's the case. But imagine if you did have to publicly speak and you are nervous about that. It's pretty tough being vulnerable. Imagine if you had to tell a joke in front of a bunch of people that you don't know. Pretty tough. Imagine you had to tell a joke in front of a bunch of people on stage and almost all the people in the audience are comedians trying to do the same thing so they withhold their laughter. That's what doing stand-up comedy is. And where did I do this? In Saskatoon? No, I didn't. I did it in Hollywood, California. North Hollywood, that is. Texas T. So, that was not the scary part for me. Here was the scary part. For old dyslexic ADD Jebediah Dunlap. Wow, that's two references to the Beverly Hillbillies. I was scared of parking. I struggle with the reading. I'm not very good at spelling. But I'm quite capable of telling stories about my flaws. So I can't read very well. So parking signs confuse me. Now in Los Angeles and San Francisco, the parking sign, and I'm sure in the East Coast, but I don't need to cover places I've never been. The parking sign goes from about 40 feet in the air down to the floor. It's like a Bugs Bunny cartoon where they he looks up and there's this immense tower that goes out of the clouds. And every single one of the signs contradicts the other. It'll say no parking Monday through Friday. Then it'll say no parking Friday through Monday. And then it'll say no parking anytime without permit except for 3 a.m. to 310. All this stuff, I just stand there quaking. Like one of those guys in a war movie has to take the shot, but he can't because he's just paralyzed by fear. He's been dreading this moment the whole time he was in basic training. He was sent over to Vietnam and here he is and he has to take the shot to save his friends and he can't. And that's exactly what it's like for me when I'm looking at a parking sign, but more dramatic, obviously. That is why I didn't do stand-up. So my wife went with me. She said, is that really the deal? And she knows me. She wasn't that surprised, but it had slipped her mind to think of that. And I said, yeah. She said, I'll tell you what, why don't I go with you? She went with me. She read the sign. I went there just to watch the stand-up comedians. I paid my entrance fee, which is the same as you would pay to go up, which is an odd thing. <laughs> you know, that's that's unique. Most things, you don't go to the Hollywood Bowl and pay $100 to see a concert and they go, oh, this $100 also entitles you to sing with Michael Buble. But at the comedy club, it was like that. So there was no Michael Buble, unfortunately. But uh, I went up and I did the stand-up. No problem. It was a parking I was afraid of. And I wonder, to tickle your pickle, ooh, that's weird. Let's say your pickle's your brain. I think that's what I meant. Uh, I'm in a pickle. Yeah, that's a pickle. You're a pickle. I'm not even hungry for a pickle. The point of it is, how many things are we hiding from that the hard part is easy and the easy part is hard? I bet you there's someone listening to this right now who is more afraid of signing up for class than they are doing the class. That's me. I hate the process. I hate the people. I hate the administrators. I hate the sales techniques behind going to school because it's disgusting to me that these predators, and they should have to register just because they're aligned with the school, they should have to go to their neighbors and go, sorry, I, uh, 
I sell predatory loans to students like a, like a sex offender. <laughs> Not saying that's where the parallels meet there. You know, there's definitely differences between the two, but I'm saying they're evil people. Again, off the rails a little bit. Of the crazy train! I didn't like that part. The actual school part, my screenwriting class, full of, you guessed it, speaking. No writing. It's writing. It's lots of writing. I did a lot of writing. And most of the students failed it. Can you believe that? Like 40% of the class just failed because they couldn't handle the writing. And, you know, kids today, they're lazy with their hula hoops and their Pac-Man video games and their Dan Fogelberg and their Art Garfunkels. They're lazy is what I'm trying to say. But the point of the story was the school part is easier for me than the signing up. Same thing with stand-up. And it was the same thing, coming full circle, woot, woot, about the screenwriting I was doing. I got a, uh, we're changing gears, by the way, so shift into second. We're coming up to a hill and we're going to pick up some speed. I had a conversation with a friend recently. And this actual conversation took place with more than one person, but one of them was a closer friend. Not that it matters, and you know I don't like using names. This individual went from friend to individual, so someone got demoted. (laughs) Said, hey, I listened to your last episode. I go, crate. I say crate because uh, I'm weird, and I've been working in a lot of warehouses. I said, crate. Crate to here. That's crate news. (laughs) And they said... Okay, moving past the great thing. Nothing. They said nothing. And I said, you said you listened to my episode. They said, yeah, yeah. It was good. And I said, what did you like about it? Not a weird question. I don't get a lot of feedback. Uh, You know that. I complain about it incessantly, not incessantly. That would be like if you date your sister. I complain about it a lot. When someone volunteers, this is not something I press them into. I didn't say, hey, how you doing? Good to see you. How was the show? And I wouldn't have said see you because I was on the phone. But I guess they do have video phones now, Jet. Okay. They didn't volunteer any information. Then they went on to say, after they were pressed, and this came from two sources. You're only hearing it from me. That's one source. But the sources I got it from was two. Different days, different conversations. It sounds made up, doesn't it? <laughs> It's true. It's true that it's true, not that it's true that it's made up. And they said, well, let's just talk about one person because they were not harmonizing. You can't harmonize by yourself, Jed. They said, the individual said, yeah, I like that part about like coming back. What? What was that? Coming? You like the part about what? Yeah, I like the part about coming back. What, like the fact that it was telling you to start now and that next year is a profound time for a comeback because 2020 has a universal grounding to it. Never in my lifetime, never in anyone's lifetime that lives right now has there been a equal or close to equal footing in the entire world where we are all inflicted with this situation. We have a bonding that we never did before. And it wasn't from a war. It's not like a big world war because in that case you have enemies and you have friends, you have allies. This case, it was a disease. Nothing we could have done anything about. 
You know, you can blame whoever you want to blame, and there were things that were missed, and there were some political angles to it. But the point is, is that regular everyday humans, we know this was a tough year. Anyone who is mentally conscious during this period, if you come back and kill it in 2021, they're going to go look at that guy or gal. Hopefully when they say that, they know what gender you are. Unless you don't uh, want them to know, in which case, I just took a sexual harassment or harassment course online, so (laughs) I have to be very PC. I'd like to share with you some of the questions in that, but maybe that's for another time. My point is, they'll look at you and they'll say, that's incredible. Look at that. Zero to hero in no time flat. For those of you Hercules fans, the animated one in the 90s. I was a big fan of that. Zero to hero. You did it. You came from the bottom. Now you're here. This is where I go into that Bumblebee thing again. I don't like that movie, Transformers. I liked Transformers when I was a kid, but that guy Bumblebee, he just uses like commercial clips. And that's what I'm doing right now because I'm speaking in movie quotes. They will be impressed. But moreover, you will be impressed. And what I was telling you last time is not only will you impress yourself into doing more impressive things, but you will impress the people around you and those people will come to you when you are feeling weak and because you have inspired them, you will keep going when your tank is on empty. The inspiration you put out in this story comes back to you. And it's not ethereal. It's not like put some good energy out in the universe, which is true, but that is hard to be seen. I'm saying you put that energy out there, people will see it. People will know it. And one day you'll hear from someone who knows someone or you'll hear from that person directly, hey, you inspire me. What you've overcome, what you've done, it blows my mind. This will probably come to you sooner than it did to me, but the times that it has happened, it motivates me. I think if that person really sees me that way, who am I to change their thought? That gives me another uh, boost. Gives me that uh, motivation in the darkness. I've had some dark days, folks. I think it's the ether of the holidays. The specter, the ghost. Ebenezer Scrooge! Ebenezer Scrooge! I'm the ghost of Christmas diets. I think it's just in the ether. It's tough. It sneaks up on you. I've been busy. Now the wind has been terrible because you know, you know my story. I don't have an outside area when it's windy or rainy and that has been tough because I don't like being cooped like a coop. I hedge against the darkness. I do my art. I try and do my podcast, but then I get pod block. Hashtag pod block. You don't want to hear that I did a bunch of episodes before this one because it's a broke, 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 broken record. But it's true. If there's a skill set your host has, it's being okay with sucking. Ooh, that's weird. It's being okay and not being okay. And you've helped me get there, folks. You've helped me quit depression, and I'm still there. I don't let that creep back into me. I can be sad. I allow that. I try and stop it, but on days where I can't work out, on days where I can't express myself creativity, 
where I can't get words together, on days where I can't express my creativity with my hands, you know, working with my sculptures or doing my photo art. On days like that, it's tough. I've been doing my photo art. I've been getting way better. When I started that little Instagram page, Space Face, many moons ago, four years ago, I was terrible at photo editing. Now I'm really good. Do you want to know how many people care? Four. Fours of people. And it hurts. But that's okay. I've got to do it for me. Because no one's coming to save me. And it's not that bleak. My point is, I keep going. But sometimes it gets tough. And I think my real point was, because clearly I lost my train of thought. Choo-choo. The holidays sneak up. On Instagram and Facebook, if I wanted to get a bunch of likes and get people to tell me how great I am, I would say, man, this, this is Droopy Dog, this holiday season is so bad. Oh, COVID. But I can't do that. It's a floodgate thing. Maybe it's just a discipline. This was a year that I got that others didn't. My grandpappy, he's not here right now. He didn't get to do anything. He got plenty of years. But I walk taller because of the fact that I am gifted with days that others don't have. Man, oh man, Ashevitz, do I put pressure on myself. You better believe it. I'm not easy on me. And sometimes that's tough. But oftentimes that makes me do 116, 17, whatever episodes while I learn how to write, while I go to school. All of those things are things I either haven't done in my life or hadn't done for 10 years. But I don't let yesterday be an excuse for tomorrow, and I believe that change is inherent. I think that us humans have to create, have to create. By the virtue of us being able to create, we have to create. Beavers can make dams, but they can't make them cool. We can. We are here for something important, and when I say we, I mean you. You are important. The tough part is, and the way I always backtread when I'm talking to you guys, because I don't want to put any pressure on my listeners, because then I think that they won't like me. But you have a purpose. And some of us very lucky people have a purpose. But you have a purpose. You have a reason. And it's been tickling you. Or punching you, in my case. It's been telling you that you have to do a thing. And you do. This is a chance at bat. I do believe that we get to do this again if we choose to, whether it's a simulation, whether it's God, whether it's the universe, the quantum realm. I believe that we get multiple chances. That's okay. But what if you did it now? What if you took advantage? What if you took that swing? I always tell you I'm 30 years old. And I'm not going to break precedent there, but I've told you I've turned 30 multiple times. I have been trying to do what I've been trying to do since I was a child. The movie Jurassic Park that I saw in 1993 from, you know, I was in heaven, I guess, because I wasn't born yet, but heaven has great television. So I saw it and I said, this is the industry I want to be in. I want to make movies. And along the way, people told me I was handsome, so I thought I'll be an actor, and that was a distraction, but it still taught me a lot about the film and television industry. I've been on set over 900 days. That was valuable. Do I have something that I can show you? 
that I can present you to say, hey, look, here's my proof of my lessons? Not really, no. Did I go from a 20-something your old guy who was an incredible business prodigy who was making over six figures before he turned 30 and then throw that all away to make $68 a day doing background that was non-union? Yes, I did that. And sometimes when I'm in the hot tub at the end of the day, because that's what Gina and I do when we're done with our day before we take our outdoor shower, I say, that sounds noble, but if you're really that guy, you had the stuff, you had the money, And then you, you know, you stopped. Now, in a movie, montage is quick. Eye of the Tiger for about a minute. And then he went from flab to fab. He went from poor to rich. But I made a decision the other day that I'm a screenwriter. I do what I'm doing right now with you guys. I help people by telling stories. I write stories. Through narrative, I mend wounds. That's what I do. And that's what I'll do for the rest of my life. And everything after that will be secondary. And that is all I will do. And I will find success in all those fields because I have no other choice. I give myself zero outs. I will until. If I can't go backwards, I must go forward. Do you hear the power tool outside? Cut into this drama with nonsense. That's my wife building the office. She's outside with power tools in this 30 mile per hour wind. Well, I sit inside talking to a microphone like a dandy. I'm going to speak in definite terms, probably the last episode of this year, 2020, which is perfect vision. So I'm going to give you my perfect vision. You, and I mean you, I mean you, are here to fulfill a purpose that can only be possible in human form at this time with the skill sets you have and the ones you will build with the experiences you need. You could change the world. But even if you didn't do that, you could change so many lives starting with yours. I've done more this year than I have in almost any other year, and I had a billion reasons why not to. Did I make a lot of money? No. It's one of my worst financial years as an adult, but I've built. This was a rebuild year. This was a reboot year. Everything's done in the shadows, and then the show is seen, and people go, oh, wow, that must have been fun. They do a movie two years before it comes out if it's big. You work out in the gym every day and then someone sees you in the summer three years later, they go, wow, that happened overnight. I've been in the basement. I've been in a tiny little RV writing away with my misspelled words and my issues and my errors and my failed attempts. And I keep going. You know, a very old 30-year-old. Because what else? If I ignore it, If I relieve myself with a good chug-a-lug of a booze, that's what they call them, right? That's what they call alcohol. Who would I be? What would I have? Would I be proud of myself? I task you with this, my friends, even my enemies who listen to this out of spite. New Year's resolutions are tough. They're silly. I get it. But for you, take this arbitrary 12-month calendar 
this silly little thing that came from the minds of humans and leverage it to your advantage. You don't have to tell anyone. Just do it. You can change everything. People can change. I do it all the time. And you've listened to my process. This is sincere, but it'll sound silly. I thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening this year. It's been a journey. I wish you the best of luck in your next adventure. So, for the last episode of Season 2, I'm Jet Dunlap and I'm out of words. Thank you for listening to Psychotherapy. I'll talk to you next year.